Hi guys and welcome to today's episode. This is episode number two. Today's episode I want to discuss President, oh right, former President Trump and why he was a successful communicator. Compare him to current President Joe Biden and see what differentiates the two and what goes on. And as always, disclaimer, I am responsible for everything I say. However, I'm not responsible for your interpretation. As I start this episode, I want to start with one thing that most of you guys have seen online. And it goes, heal so that you can see beyond the filters of your wounds. What does this mean? Oftentimes, people say things, but we don't see through the things they're saying. Let me bring this home for you guys. An ex has who you had been with for five years now or say six to seven years. Then you broke up because your partner was cheating. Boy, girl, doesn't matter. The next time you see them and they begin flirting with you, the one thing that comes to your mind is like, oh, what if they're playing me like they're playing their current person? Or what if they're just doing this to lure, to lure me to do something with them then play me after? Heal so that you can see the past the filters of your wounds. Yeah, and on to today's episode, President Trump, Donald Jr. Trump. This guy was just phenomenal. Truly phenomenal. Because if you look at it, he, he had such a great impact in terms of making it for the four years. He's not the um, traditional American president who would follow protocol, who would be polished and everything. Biden is. Biden is that guy who my fellow Americans, patriots, and he'll give those kind of nice, beautiful speeches. The thing is, time changes and audience changes as well. So for Trump to become successful in talking to people, he needed to increase the level of sensation he was going to give. Obama was almost like a motivational speaker. Yes, we can, and you could listen to him for hours and hours. I fondly remember him for Yes, We Can, simply because I'm a Kenyan and lots of t-shirts and caps and everything in between was printed with a Yes, We Can logo. And for a very long time, those of us who were in school were being told, Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It was almost like a slogan. I mean... It's just almost like how Nike, you know how the Nike sign says, um, you can do it. It's the same thing that was there at the time when Obama was becoming president. So for Trump to come in and get the amount of success he had, he needed to be better. Trump is not a motivational speaker. Trump's career before politics was showbiz, The Apprentice. Okay, it's not really showbiz, but yeah, showbiz fits the, fits the bill perfectly well. For him to become successful, he needed to do more. And Trump has mentioned this many times before. I'm not sure you guys caught this. P.T. Burnham. Who's P.T. Burnham? P.T. Burnham is Phineas Taylor Burnham. He was a politician, businessman, and everything in between. He was just that guy. He was Kamau. You know how Kenyans, we have Kama. The guy who knows everything, knows everyone. That's the guy. He was what we'd say a know-it-all. Not really. Know-it-all is not the right word. But yeah, you get what I mean. P.T. Burnham was a celebrated, he was celebrated for circus. He was a guy who was sensational. He attracted attention and suspense. Every time you watched or listened to P.T. Burnham, you wanted more. You yearned for more. He was like the Kardashians. Modern day Kardashians. P.T. Burnham might be too old for me to give as an example. So let me use the Kardashians. You know how you watch the Kardashians and you watch and you're like, uh, so what next? See how you watch them and you kept on thinking like, what next? Trump always 
referenced P.T. Burnham in so many of his speeches. P.T. Burnham, P.T. Burnham, and he'd say on and he'd speak on and on about P.T. Burnham. So here are my five points of why Trump was successful and why Biden might not be as successful as Trump in communicating to people. Here goes, guys. From a showbiz perspective, Trump loved it raw. He loved taking it and having it raw. Uncut. What does this mean? Every time Trump would have a speech written for him and he'd go on air and he'd see the red sign blip on the camera, you know the red dot on the camera that shows you're live, and he'd throw away his speech and just go like My fellow Americans, it is time to speak up loudly and strongly and powerfully and defend. And he'd be so sensational. He really had it raw. He never went by the books, even for his last speech as president. He didn't read what was meant to be his speech. He used to have his written speech, but you know what? He did get there and read the crowd and realize, you know what? This speech doesn't fit this crowd. This speech was too technical, rather. He'd switch it up and talk to people based on what the crowd was looking like and feeling like. What triggered his speeches was one, the red light on the camera. That red light signified it's time. It's time to roll. You know how in the movies they cut like three, two, one, and action. That's the same thing. Trump had that kind of a thing so his speeches were from the heart there's nothing as beautiful as listening to somebody who's speaking from the heart rather that rather than from a teleprompter you know when you're listening to somebody from a teleprompter you listen, you think like mm, that's just a well-paid personal assistant or an advisor who wrote that thing that's not my president that's the same thing with ruto in the kenyan context for those guys who are listening from kenya the guy's speeches, you know why he's getting so much fame in this country? He says it as it is and he says it raw and he says it based on the audience at heart. So if he's in a church setting, which 99.9% .9 of the time he is, he'll tell you something and base it to Christ. That way you feel like, wow, this guy is speaking to my heart. He's really relating to me. He serves it raw. Ratchety guys are listening to this and thinking, that's somewhat what I mean, but not in the context in which your head's in the gutter if you're thinking that, by the way. What else Trump did was he had a con he used to repeat one thing ten times. Have you ever had the saying of fake it till you make it or say something multiple times till it becomes true? He had a hyperbole. The guy was a king of exaggeration. Make America great again. We're going to make America great again. He'd say it five times. It's true! With very little pauses, if any, in between them will make America great again. What does that do to you? When somebody repeats something multiple times, they anchor it in your mind. Such that even if you leave the show and you're asked by somebody, what did President Trump talk about? You know what comes to your mind? We'll make America great again. He said it so many times that it's stuck in your head. That's the same thing Obama did. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. That's the same thing he repeated over and over and over and over again. And what do we remember Obama for? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. What do we remember Trump for? We'll make America great again. We're going to make America great again. So what's different between the first two things that I've mentioned and between Trump and Biden? Biden is the real form of America that we as the outside world thinks. He's a guy who's polished, he's a guy who's calm, he's a guy who's collected. He's almost royal. You know how the royals have everything figured out? They know they wake up and they have to say hi in this manner and move on to this. 
that's Biden for you. He's so structured that I don't think going off the books for him would be something. If Biden doesn't take care, that will be his first undoing. Americans have been in an upward trend of sensation and phenomenal speakers. Look at the trend. We started with, um, I'll start with Obama. Eight years of Obama's presidency were phenomenal. The guy would come and he'd speak to you, he'd go to a, a di an, a, a an, an eatery outside and he'd eat with people. He'd really make you feel like, you know what, I feel your pain and I relate with you. So I'm the guy you need. That's why Obama was successful. Come to Trump. The guy would engage with audience. Somebody from the crowd would shout. I love you too. I love you. Stand up. Who said That was Trump for you. So America has been in an upward trend for presidents that have been very relationship. They've been down to the ground, like literally. You can relate with your president on a personal level and feel like, I think this guy still it for me. That's the same thing with Kenya that happened. Remember the time when Uhuru and Ruto were campaigning and the guys were being rained on? And we were like, guy, this is the guy we need. And he can be rained on. He's getting out of the rain, so he feels my pain. He's getting rained on. He's eating motura like me. If you realize during Ruto's trips, he's always buying bananas, avocados, and he sit down and he eat with motura guys. What does that do to you? It makes him human. It makes you think like, wow, this is something I'd do. This is somebody who understands my problems. Biden lacks that. He's so structured, even during his time as vice president for Obama. I mean, look at the guy. At the end of this, I'll tell you what he could do to structure his leadership towards a way that Americans would probably understand or the world. Because again, being president of America is almost like just not America, you lead beyond you, your borders. Another thing that made Trump great was ambiguity. Again, the guy is from showbiz. He knows how to make it big, even if it's not big. There's something people commonly remember. It may be too big, too small, too big, too small. There's something that, that will always be Trump. He made everything look so humongous and he'd make it look so big and so admirable. And every time he almost forgot or felt attacked by what you're saying, what would he say? We'll make America great again. He made you feel so special. What ambiguity also did is, as a result of you feeling special, it allowed him to persuade you even more. Another thing that made Trump successful, just before I go on, by the way, do you think Biden will have the ambiguity, the kind, the kind of ambiguity Trump had. Is he the kind of guy who will persuade you? Forget the pictures. Pictures are so scripted. Pictures are scripted. Even in Kenya, we had scripted pictures with our president wearing matching ties and walking and high-fiving each other. In I think here nowadays it's called Ngumi Mwekze. I think I said that right. If I didn't, um, the audience that's listening in Sheng will tell me if it's Ngumi Mwekze. I don't know how to say it correctly, but I think it's Ngumi Mwekze, which means double fist it's the same kind of fist that obama and uh joe biden high five i mean they fisted each other fist bumped each other during the inauguration the double fist that's the same thing so pictures are scripted do you think biden will survive ambiguity that's something we're yet to see another thing that led trump to success was 
finding a common grievance. Remember, at the end of the day, these are people you're speaking to. You want them to relate with you, to you, and listen to you. I can't listen to you if you don't understand me. I can't listen to you if we have nothing in common. The reason you listen to a certain radio station is because there's something you guys have in common. If you're listening to Classic 105 from Kenya and you're listening to mine in the morning, you're probably listening because one, you like classical music, or two, you love relationship drama, which ties you to the station and you want to hear people calling in the morning and say, let me tell you minor. You know how those ladies call and they're always like, let me tell you minor. Or if you're the kind of guy who listens to Radio Jumbo, high five to my Western guys who listen to Patanisho. You either enjoy the music that they play or you enjoy the drama that comes with people calling out their spouses. So it entirely depends. What's the common grievance you have? This, the reason you listen to those radio stations is because there's, some, there's a common point. There's a symmetrical point that you guys have. So for Trump and presidents in general, what's the common grievances you share with people? Trump had many. He used to constantly have like grievances oh you can't do this mexico he'd blame people find a grievance that ties you to the people i want to make this very relationship a uh, very bring this down to the people and by saying when um your employer when you're when you're employed somewhere say you're working for pwc let me use pwc for it no let me use cnn when you work for cnn and your fox is trying to pitch you you know what they'll try and sell you? They won't sell you the better package. Often, more, oftentimes, people don't move because there's more money somewhere. Because at some point in your career, money becomes the least of worries. For you, what comes is what is pegged to the money. So what, Trump, what Fox will sell to you if you're moving from CNN to Fox is, they'll sell to you and tell you, at Fox, we believe in dreams, we believe in growing people, we don't oppress people. We believe in possibilities. We'll give you more time. You'll have more time to do your stuff. What have they done? They've given you a common grievance that is shared by guys from CNN and told you what they'll sell to you at Fox. Getting a common grievances, getting a common grievance allows people to relate with you, which makes you more believable. Because if I think like, wow, you know what? I think we share the same sentiment. So this might be something for me. Getting a and that gives me a reason to listen to you and say, I think this guy makes sense. Something Trump did phenomenally was pointing to an enemy and polarizing the people. What do I mean? Find some something or someone that is wrong and make everyone hate that thing or that person. Polarize people to the point where they hate that person and now you become an ally. This is what we learned in school as divide and rule. You go into the people and you listen to them and you're like, listen to team A and you tell team A, you know what? Team B is saying this and this and this about you. Then you go back to team A and you tell them, team B is saying this and this about you. You've divided them. But in both ways, you're an ally. That gives you an opportunity to rule right through in the middle. Let me give an example of Trump here. Uh, let me try and find a perfect one that makes sense in this context. Mexico. This guy would always make Mexicans look like they're the worst thing that happened to America. What did that do to Americans who lived in the borders or rather who suffered as a result of that? 
they hated Mexicans. They hated Mexico as a country. And they felt like Trump is the ally. He's the guy I want to trust. It's also like when, this is in a guy's context. If you know some guy, and this is the worst thing to do, by the way, if you're a guy and you're doing this, the cheapest form of everything you have, that's, I mean, you're literally degrading yourself. You can sell yourself without having to bring somebody else down. When you're a guy in high school, this is probably done by the younger guys in high school. Guys below 20. Guys in their 20s and below. So what they probably do. If a girl is dating a guy and you want that girl, you'll point out all the negative things about that guy while highlighting all the positive things about yourself. That way you look like the better option. And in literal sense, you're not. You're just a replica of that guy, but just not wearing the same clothes he is. It's almost like what we see right now. Safaricom and Airtel adverts. Listen, watch the Airtel advert where they're selling bananas and the guy with the green bananas. I think that's an Airtel advert. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's an Airtel advert. It's an it's an apple. The guy with the red apple and the guy with the green apple. The guy with the green apple or bananas. I'm not sure if it's bananas or apples. They're plucked. So that makes you think, mm, this guy is demonizing Safaricom. Because we all know green in terms of network for Kenyans represents Safaricom. That makes you think, Safaricom is the enemy. They're actually robbing me. By the way, I'm not saying they're not. And I'm also not... I don't... I'm not here to endorse or... Uh, I'm not affiliated to any of the two. I am actually a neutral party. I'd hope for more networks in future for this country anyway. That makes you think Safaricom is actually stealing from us. And these red guys who is Airtel are not stealing. Are they really the better option? That's what you think. They've polarized you to a point where Safaricom is the enemy. And they want you now, let's join forces and fight this enemy. That's how far Trump went. He polarized people to make them think like, wow, this is the enemy. And for us to beat this enemy, we have to come together with you, Trump, as a leader, so that we can beat this enemy. Biden, looking at Biden in terms of polarizing people, this guy is just so democratic that I don't think he'd vocally do it himself. He probably would use people to do this, but himself, nah. He looks like the kind of guy who... He looks like a soft guy. You know that guy who, in a relationship, looks like he wouldn't get a girl? Because he's a soft guy. He's a guy who will buy you flowers. This guy will take you out, but never ask you for anything. But surprisingly, they are the guys who eventually end up marrying... The girl will go around and she'll have the bad boy who won't buy her flowers. She'll have the guy who beat her up. She'll have the guy who, you know, she'll have she'll have gone round through everyone. But at the end of the day, the good guy will take it last. This is probably similar for Zach. I have a friend called Zach. Um, Zach, I'm saying Zach since none of you will know what I mean, who I mean when I say Zach. Zach is the kind of guy, he's a charming guy. You know those guys who won't push issues, who won't force issues. On the other hand, Kevin is the kind of guy who literally force issues. He'll be like, we're going to Mombasa. Uh, we're going to Naivasha. We are doing ABC. Both Zach and Kevin haven't settled down. But I have a feeling Zach will win. If you are fighting for the same person, Kevin will win short term. Long term, Zach will win. Although Kevin is also cunning. Anyway, it's not about my friends. It's about reality here. Don't bring somebody down to take yourself up. That only works in political situations because politics is short term and politics changes overnight. Today as a country might be thinking that uh, 
Ruto and Uhuru are not bosom buddies because they're not wearing matching ties anymore. Then lo and behold, it's December 2021 or January 2022, and the two are matching ties, even matching watches, and they're switching cups. I'm sure you guys remember when I said Kenyans will relate to this most especially because well, those guys were switching cups. We thought like, wow, this is such a good duo. The best duo we've had as a country. That is what makes Trump successful. Polarization of the enemy. He makes you think and hate somebody so much. And I think that's why people, to some extent, went to, let me call it a riot, let me not call it a war. Peaceful protests, that's what they called it. That's why people stormed the capital. It was a peaceful protest because they thought, like, what the hell? This is the enemy. We must defeat that enemy. Polarization. Polarization, mastery of polarization of people takes time. And it's a skill and art that you have to acquire. One, through reading. Two, through mastering your audience. You need to be that guy when you stand in front of people or when you're dealing with your brand and you see them and you're thinking like, what do they want? What do they think? You have to be quick to think on your feet. That kind of person who does not require to have 15 layers of sifting before they say something or make a decision. Okay, say something, you have to have the 15. But before you say make a decision, you don't need to have taken three days to make a decision that somebody else would have made in a whim. Something else that made Trump successful was he engaged the audience. I'd mentioned this earlier in the context of he'd speak to people and make them feel like he's listening. I've been, I'm inserting clips right here so you guys could hear some of the examples that I mean. Do you really think Biden will do that? He looks like the kind of guy who will read his speech from a teleprompter and go on and on so systematically without pauses and breaks in between. He looks like the kind of official president who will flip a page and he'll be like, you know, page by page of a speech. But is that what Americans need? Is that what Americans want? Something else that, again, now here is my relationship to B.T. Burnham. This is the most phenomenal thing that Trump has done. Suspense and attention. He'll never tell you what he's going to do. If this was a video recorded, I and mean, if this podcast had video, you guys would see how I'm trying to hold my fingers like he is. I mean, you know how he does the three-finger thing and you're like, you will get to know. He always has some form of suspense that wants you to think like, hmm, what is this guy thinking? What is he actually going to do next? Biden doesn't look like that kind of guy. Biden looks like the kind of guy who will tell you upright, this is the plan and this is how we are going to do it. This is ABC, ABC. Those are the five, six things. I'm not sure if there are five or six. There are six actually. The six things that made Trump a great communicator. However, that was short-term. What? And it reason it's short-term because things change. Having a short-term communication strategy is effective, but at some point, people will call your BS. At some point, people will realize, like, hmm, it's a guy who's been selling us the same narrative, the same thing as a country in Kenya right now, we're realizing. We've been sold the same narrative over and over and over again. So now we are, in a, we are mature enough as an audience to call out BS and realize you can't come and tell me you'll build me roads or you'll build schools and give CDF money or this or that. It has to be something more than that. You have to sell me something more. Sell me something I've not had before. This, the six points I've mentioned will only work short term. Short term may mean one to five years. 
after that, you have to think faster and beyond that. So you have to be able to, if you choose to use the six things in your communication strategy, ensure that that which you choose can only last five to six years. It can be a long-term 10 to 15-year goal. This is um, something Trump shared surprisingly with Museveni. I know, I know, you're thinking Trump, Museveni, USA, Uganda, really? Really, Kinyanji? Really? Can you put the two in a sentence together? Yeah, I can. You know why? Have you guys watched the interview where Museveni was being interviewed by... I can't remember that radio station, but I'll also insert snippets right around here to show you guys where that interview. And he was being asked, why do you think you need to be president? Why do you think the youth need to vote for you? And he answered. Okay, listen, I want to start by asking you, you know, 80% of your country is under 35 years old. They weren't even born when you first came into office. And they really seem to want to change. They want jobs. Why do you think you deserve another term? Well, because uh, I am the one who enabled the 80% to survive childhood diseases and we have given them uh, education and we have given them a base for, econo for the economy and we have uh, a good budget and we can support them, we can support uh, th th those youth. His answer was the most phenomenal thing. And every time during this past month or two, when he was being interviewed in regards to the Ugandan elections, they kept on asking him questions and after questions, and they'd, they'd literally roast him question after question. But the guy always, there's no single interview he emerged less of a victor than he was before. Every interview he had made him even better, better than he was in the previous interview, better to listen to, better to understand, and more desirable to the people. Here's why the guy sold certainty. He never, never answered any question and leaving you with a doubt. He always ensured his answers were precise and certain. He was not speaking from a point of, I think, um, I think um, he said it with so much certainty that you had to believe him. Trump had the same thing. When he was speaking, he'd speak with certainty. And this is going to be President Joe Biden's strongest suit, certainty. If you've listened to him and his speeches before, he'd speak with so much certainty. Even as BB, he'd speak and say, we are doing A, B, C. He'd be so chronological in his discussions with so much certainty that makes him great. That's one thing they share. That's the only thing actually they share, certainty. Here are five steps to ensure you have certainty. Set your intention. What is your intention? Make America great again. What is, that was uh, Trump's intention. What is Museveni's intention? I am not a bad leader. It is the people of Uganda who want me to remain as president. If that is your intention, stick to your intention. Let me use brands here. Johnny Walker. What is your slogan? keep walking regardless of whether you're drunk or not i'm sure you guys have seen videos online of people who are so drunk on johnny walker and they're like we need to keep walking guys we need to keep walking it leads you see there's a future you need to keep moving forward that's the same thing safaricom has done go beyond it's the better option that's the, the message of certainty is going beyond with a better option not just going beyond 
I'll once upon a time I'll discuss Safaricom at length, but for now let's see going beyond. That's what they sell to you with Satanite. Going beyond with a better option. Regardless of whatever it is, regardless of whether as Kenyans we are always complaining, oh my data bundles are being stolen, are being stolen, oh minutes are useless, oh there's no network, they'll always tell you go beyond with a better option. They'll say that in many languages, but the point remains is they have certainty about telling you go beyond. What is your certainty as a person? What is your certainty as a brand in your communication strategy? What is that one thing that does not change regardless? Four years of President Trump's presidency and the one thing that never changed was make America great again. Four years, I mean five years or so, okay, this one has changed. The dynamics are different rather. Tukopamoja, Jubilee. We are together. That was their certainty. That is why people voted for them. Because they felt like we are together in this race. It is a race for us and we need to do this as a team. To ensure you have certainty in your messaging or rather in your communication strategy, you need to use a simple message. Forget the big jargons. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, have that one thing that's four or five words everyone will remember. I will use Safaricom again for lack of a better option, not because I'm a Safaricom ambassador. When Safaricom started out Michael Joseph's time, their slogan was the better option. Shortly after now, 20 years after, their slogan is go beyond. There's a time it was 22Q. Equity was me, 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 member. Another way to ensure you continue with your certainty or rather sell a certainty is stay on course. I've said this in the first point where I said set your intention. Sent your intention goes hand in hand with stay on course for your message. If your message is inspirational, yes, we can. Regardless of whether you're being bombed or whether Al-Qaeda has attacked America, yes, we can. You have to have a message that's unique, short, precise, unique, and versatile. What do I mean? The yes, we can thing was used when America was being attacked. It was used when America did great. And every time he'd say it, he'd say, yes, we can. And then he'd add whatever it is. Yes, we can beat Al-Qaeda. Yes, we can make America great again. Make America great again was used during COVID. President Trump said, make America great again and defeat the China virus. Make America great again by doing ABC. Make America great again. So use that one message that you can coin and twist, make it so versatile that you can switch it up every time and have a precise thing that you'd say. It remains the core of the message, but it's versatile enough to be used across the board. Last and least, uh, last but not the least is, if you're being pushed to the wall, now this is Museveni for sure. This one, there's no better example. If you're being pushed to the wall, double your response. What do I mean double your response? See, when somebody is pushing you to the wall, even if this is, this could, this best fits a, an interview setting or a crisis setting. You're in a crisis situation. You're a PR person and you are required to provide uh, guidance in the middle of a crisis. And you've literally, your back's against the, literally against the wall. What do you do? Increase your messaging. Don't flinch or 
bat an eye when you have to say something. Disclaimer. I am responsible for everything I say. However, I'm not responsible for your interpretation. Repeat that message five, ten times until they get it in their heads. Remember at the beginning of this I had said something about um, continuous repetition? A hyperbole. A hyperbole makes it so good. Saying it so many times makes it so good that it becomes true. And that, guys, wraps up our show for today. Thanks for listening in. And as always, I've been your host, Kinyanji Wakahonya. Keep listening, keep subscribing, share this with your friends and family. And I really would appreciate feedback. So if you guys have comments or anything, please reach out to me. So guys, reach out, give feedback. Tell me what your communication strategy must have and what you think President Trump uh, winning strat- communication strategy was. So tune in next time. And yeah, let's have fun, guys. Disclaimer. I am responsible for everything I say. However, I'm not responsible for your interpretation. Thank you.